Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Tables with your host, Rob Bradley. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Tales from the Tables. I'm your host Rob Bradley and I'm joined as always by my two esteemed co-hosts, JC and James. Hey fellas. Hello. Hello. Esteemed? We're esteemed, esteemed. I feel honored. Well, well, I think after Friday, I think you both are, I think you deserve those titles, don't you? Oh, rock on. Yeah, Friday yeah, was yeah. great. Yeah. Yes. So those, those who are listening who don't know, we did the GM Academy, the Game Master Academy on Friday at Oxford University. And it was uh, a great success. Yeah, we had over 40 people there. Um, mixture of talks and workshops. JC, you did a you did a talk, didn't you? I did. It was called The Volition of Voice. Basically, how you can use your voice to bring your games and your characters and your games to life. Whether you're playing D&D or you're playing Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, any TTRPG. Anything that involves role-playing with other people. Um, so, yeah. I went overboard a little bit, but it was a blast. And um, I got a lot of questions afterwards. A lot of people like queued up to uh, to have a chat and um, right. you know just ask different questions about it. So yeah, I saw you yeah. getting swarmed after your talk. I, I very oh, nearly came up and was like, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> "Oh, hey, I actually I have some stuff to ask as well." <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely one of those things. The voice is from a dungeon master's perspective or from a player's perspective in fact if your dungeon master can is good at voices the immersion is just incredible isn't it yeah yeah well i mean there's a reason that i, I think there's a, a very good reason apart from the good production value that things like critical role do so well because it's entertaining to listen to and to watch all those professional voice actors really giving it their all you know really getting into the characters and i'll never forget i had um i had a roll dart game way back when where <laughs> a person brand new to D&D had never played a game in her life showed up and then i think about 10 minutes in and she sensed that this was you know a group of complete newbies and strangers and she said so why is it so hard for like how come this isn't like critical role how come nobody's like doing character voices like critical role and i'm like well okay let's let's set some expectations not everybody is a professional voice actor okay yeah right <laughs> but yeah no it was a blast and um yeah and then we had some breakout workshops james i know you led one right yeah yeah did i had um uh, a brief talk and then like interactive workshop on um using maps in tabletop rpgs which was really cool i did like a little speech about why you should be using them um try and like encourage people to, to use it more like theater of the mind's great um uh, for running D and stuff and it it does it does have a lot of advantages um, sure but there's there's a lot to be said for using like physical tactile maps and the easiest one of those to do is like the digital maps that you can create on things like incarnate uh which is what i talk people through doing um yeah because you know there's people with like aphantasia you have people with autism and adhd yeah. who it helps them focus on the game more yeah uh it takes a little bit of the pressure off um the dm and also you can have a quick quick tea break mid-combat. You don't have to try and memorize where everyone was standing in your brain. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also good it's, it's also good for that crossover between Warhammer and D&D &D as well, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I came from Warhammer to D&D. &D. I'd played Warhammer for, for years. 
yeah. then started playing D and D, and it was like, okay, great. And I, I wanted to have a mini. I wanted to be. I wanted to see the. I wanted to see a map. I wanted to see my surroundings because I love the strategy element of it, and I love yeah. the, the combat. You know, and like positioning everyone in certain positions based on where all the bad guys are, and yeah, I just love all that. So yeah, it's good to have exactly that the, the tactics of it for sure. Mm-hmm. I I came into D and D. I actually started, believe it or not, with the <laughs> dreaded fourth edition. I went back and played a little bit of three point five afterwards, but um, my my DMs that taught me things it was a it was a pair of friends that traded off DMing. They were very tactical. They came to it from not a Warhammer point of view, but they had been playing video games for years and they loved super specific stuff. They were they loved Risk, for instance, the board game. Yeah. So it was all about yeah, great how how interesting could the scenarios get with environment and with enemy types and levels and heights and things like that so yeah yeah i, I inherited that back as well i think mm. what was your army just out of curiosity your warhammer army space wolves Ooh, nice. yeah, space wolves. Vi- vikings <laughs> in space yeah i've never played 40k um but if i did i'd probably go necron because oh. how how bad terminate <laughs> terminators yeah you kill yeah. you, you kill them and they get back up yeah, but not Egyptian, Egyptian Terminators, basically, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, this is a really sick like idea. Desert worlds. Yeah, they, they, were, they were they were vampires. They were vampires. They're put into um, the bodies of um, robots. Right, it's, right, it's exactly. Yeah, it's, it's fucking so sick. Four K Lords <laughs> nuts. <laughs> who who I, sat down at a table one day and was like, you know, we need another army. We've got the Space Marines. We've got the we've got the orcs with a Z and the boys. Um, what do we, what do we do next? Oh, I know. Why don't we put vampire spirits, but in robot bodies, and yeah. have them swarm planets? <laughs> Why great. not? So Why great. not? I love god. it. I think I, it's so cool. Oh god, I had I had quite a few armies growing growing up. Was, you played too? Yeah, I might be the only I one had, who never played. I had Tyranids, Space Marines, and uh, an Imperial Guard army as well. Oh, my brother had an oh nice and an Imperial Guard army. Have you have you been to Warhammer World, James? I haven't. It no, no. When I was younger, I couldn't get there, and I think my parents are very hesitant to take me. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And you have access to, to adult money house. now. I yeah, do, right. I do. But now it's spent <laughs> on D and D minis instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a money pit. This I've got to pick really my battles. Is. Yeah, forty k yeah, is ridiculous because yeah. like it must be on what it's like ninth edition, tenth edition, or something ridiculous. Tenth Maybe now, even more. I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think tenth like has just come out. 10th edition so you're, you're buying out you're buying a new rule book which is massive which costs you about 50 quid then you've got to get a new co- new codex for your army and then they bring out a load of new minis as well yeah. and so you're literally every couple of years you're forking out a load of dosh yeah it's 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 such a barrier to entry especially for me i, I grew up not <laughs> I, I i had two hobbies like that growing up and it was pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and people like they kept phasing out and i got so mad I was like, you know what? I've been burnt on these two. I'm not going to get into this third new f- yeah. craze that everyone's going into magic. Screw that. And now I regret it because magic is the one that's kind of stuck around the most, right? I I love I love magic. I play magic quite regularly, and um, it's uh, it's car it's cardboard crack. That's basically what yeah, it is. It's, that's, it's just, that's what it is. Yeah, it's literally it. Like you like the rotations now though. They're getting themselves into a bit of hot water. Their community because they're literally having rotations every couple of months. There's like a mm. new deck out, and then like the old deck is like gone, gone gone really so, you have to yeah. keep up with it that much and the thing is as well they really like they really want you to play friday night magic in a gaming shop where you can do the yeah. draft and you can pay the money to, to play whereas me and my friends with there's like there's about five of us that play magic and we just get together 
we go to like a gaming shop. We did, I think the last time we did this was about uh, two months ago. And we all went into this gaming shop and they love us when we go there because we literally buy a load of stuff and mm. stick it as like whoever wins the commander overall gets mm. all of this. So they'd have like a, a Zelda Monopoly game. There was uh, the D&D starter set. There was a set of dice. Like we just basically like spent like, like 100 quid each. <laughs> it just went, there you go. And the guys are like, can I get, can I get your fellows a drink or anything? Or yeah, right. <laughs> because we, because we know, we know that when you get those guys playing magic in these gaming shops, they spend no money. You know, they'll go yeah. to like bars and stuff, and they just sit there and just play, and they just don't spend any money. They might like buy yeah. like one booster pack. If and then that's it. And, and then they walk it. away, and you don't see them for another three months, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's so we're like, right, we'll we'll get food, we'll get booze, and we'll literally just buy all the cool stuff and just put it in, and then winner gets all. I'm telling you, man, we got to do a roll dark pub very yeah, soon. Should, Just an all, all out roll dark gaming center, shop, cafe, yeah. pub, everything, everything. Yeah, that would be cool. That's the dream. The holder and dragon heads on the walls. Like, oh, you know. yeah, totally. <laughs> so Any of the DMs, chefs, that's all we need to like yep. just round it out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, JC, you were sat in on James's. Um, workshop you? a little bit yeah towards the towards the end and towards the beginning yeah i i love as you guys know obviously we've talked about it here a lot i love um being very visual um and oh. immersing my players the more i can do it the better and the, and the more technical and impressive it is the better um so i love battle maps and i have a ton of people i support on patreon that deliver these beautiful maps but so often I'm finding myself making excuses for the maps themselves. Like they're not quite exactly what I imagine. Or, you know, one of my players will be like, Hey, there's a, there's a bloody ax on this table. What does that mean? I'm like, I have to be like, ah, pretend it's not there. Or I have to be like, well, uh, it's a butcher's and, you know, kind of make it up on the fly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm just craving being able, you know, being confident rather enough to create my own map. So I really wanted to sit in on on james's session as much as i could and it was awesome like basically james you you built it on the fly like you, people were just giving you ideas and you're like yeah we can make this a cliff yeah we can make this a mountaintop yeah we can put some trees underneath and put a summoning circle in the middle it was awesome yeah yeah i just um yeah i had suggestions for the crowd and we sort of crowdsourced a map all together um yeah and made it look i think we did, we did it quite quickly as well i think within half an hour from start to finish building it getting ideas and, and having it all all made and it's not the best I could I could do, but I'll I'll put it in the in the Discord actually the map that we made because I've got there it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great idea. yeah, nice one. Uh, so people can yeah. see it because I'm I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it really looks it really looks good. But that was done quickly. Like if you really wanted to spend time, you could get to the point where you're placing like tiny little individual oh, pieces yeah. and really going into like crazy detail with it. Um, yeah, sure. But layer, but even, up- even quickly, it's good. Yeah, next up, I really want to see you do like a typical like dungeon, like an underground dungeon, because I know that there's like right ways and wrong ways on Incarnate to sculpt out the halls and, you know, figure out what kind of textures to put down and stuff like that. And that's that's where I find myself doing the most sort of of, um, you know, back work where like revamping the dungeon that already exists, where I like really have a good idea for a dungeon in my head or I sketch Mm. it out and then I just don't know how to translate that to to incarnate yeah so. it's, it's tough That's and nice. incarnate is good because you could because if you're using a digital tabletop as well you can just do the whole dungeon on yeah. one huge like image put it in roll 20 or foundry and then just put the walls in uh so you can run like it with the tokens revealing it as it goes 
Yeah, um, love that. Yeah, or you can build it like a room at a time on each individual little one if you don't want to like, oh, I've got to make 50 corridors and make it all interlocking and then you've got to plan out how it fits on this, uh, <laughs> on the canvas. <laughs> ah, I've gone yeah. too far left here. Now I can't keep going that way. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Right. You're like, oh, now i got to shift everything. Yeah. 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 Totally. Do, you, do you ever get them printed out, James? Uh, yeah, so we've done a couple of things. Um, so like when we went and did um, the Gala Games uh, thing mm. last year, I printed mm. out a load of, of maps that I'd made on Incarnate. Um, and they look really, really good because you get them printed out like poster size. And as long as you've got mm. the grid measured before you print it, you can sort of get to know the dimensions. It's very easy to do, um, nice. but it is expensive. So now is what it? I do is I, <laughs> like what I did um, for um, Roll Dark Fest and the and the and Oxford on Fridays. Take a TV with me, uh, project it onto the TV, and have the TV as the game board. Um, yeah, great. You don't have to worry about printing out, and you can change maps. So you've got like an infinite number of uh, things you can do, and you don't need a very good TV. My TV I've had since I was fifteen years old, mm. and that's how how old it is. It's like an old little thirty-two. Yeah. And really, I mean, you lay it flat and you plug it in, right? And yeah. then there's an HDMI cable and you're done. Yeah, I, try, I, tried that with, I tried that with the one I've got here and um, for one of the games I've, I've been running. And for some reason, I can't quite get the dimensions right. Uh, mm. it's, like, it's like I'm always having to like zoom in, zoom out on my laptop. Just as like, like, it just doesn't quite work. I don't know what I'm doing wrong there. I don't know. No I mean, I could, I could try and help. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it will if you've got if you've got the um, grid like set out already on it, um, you can try and match it up to the dimensions. I don't know how big the TV, so mine's a thirty inch, no thirty two inch. Um, so I try to keep it, I think, on the height between fourteen and sixteen, and then on the width, um, sort of twenty six to twenty eight, and then it gives you a little bit of of wiggle room. Um, Also. It doesn't need to be perfect either, as long as the minis mostly fit in the grids. Yeah. Um, the, so I play with minis on the on the TV. So as long as they mostly go in there, um, even if there's like a little bit of overlap, as long as you can tell what square they're supposed to be in, it works. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll have to give yeah, that a try. Makes sense. I've got a couple of games coming up. I've got one in Swindon on the 14th of August. Ooh. So I'll try that on a oh yeah, Monday night. <laughs> that should be fun. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, a good podcast. way to start off the week, right? So. Yeah, right. To finish the podcast and then like, bye bye. <laughs> Straight down to Swindon. Cool. So, um, any what's so one thing I really loved about your um talk, JC, was um, and I know we we I've seen you do it before when we when we did it at Pinewood Studios that time with just the GMs was um the physicality of of voice when you talked about the tusks and. The uh, like how a, how a troll might have an underbite and how they might speak and they might speak like this. Yeah, so it really because yeah. like because I think like you said in your in your talk about um, accents and how a lot of DMs will just sort of default to just doing accents to just right. kind of do a voice, whereas they won't they won't get into like the physicality of it, which I think is really cool. I I could have talked for another hour if I'm being honest. There was so much I wanted to do and I wanted to get the people involved as well. I I, I might do that for the next time we host this if it's a new group i'll i'll have them do voices and then help break it down and help them improve um just to get them going a bit more but yeah with physicality i actually i have to give credit where credit is due um and i'm gonna i'm gonna forget because of course my memory of a goldfish constantly betrays me 
Um, but the voice actor, very prolific, the guy who does Bender from Futurama, who did Jake from Adventure Time. I know his, I see his face. I can't come up with the name right now. He's very, very famous. You guys can look it up at home. Um, he's actually in a, I think it's a documentary called I Know That Voice, which is about voice actors. It came out a handful of years ago, maybe a decade or so. And in that, he talks, John DiMaggio, that's his name. John DiMaggio. And he talks about exactly that. I think he actually, they even bring up a cartoon of a troll and they show it and he's walking you through how, in, in you know, 10 seconds of that interview, he's walking you through how, oh, he's quite big. So now his voice is loud and deep and but he's also kind of hunched over so he's got a bit of gravel and then he's got these tasks that you have to try and imagine in your mouth and talk through and oh but now he's wearing glasses so maybe he's quite an educated older troll you know that kind of thing and, and then you can see the cartoon building it out so that always stuck with me because it's very visual right so i'm just yeah. passing on the knowledge of the greats that whatever filters through my system i filter out and pass to others in this well, well, seeing this is a um, a vocal podcast and not an, a uh, a uh, visual podcast, I think um, what we should do is we should do a little experiment, JC. I think you should pass on your knowledge onto James, and let's see if James can <laughs> can do exactly what you've just uh, you said. Or something something similar, and then uh, put him through his paces and let's see what he's got. Okay. I like this plan. All right, <laughs> um, but we have to get we can't do a troll. We got to give him something. Oh yeah, else. of course. Yeah, that's too easy. It's too easy. Gosh, what what comes to mind? Uh, you want me to be a real dick about it? I could give you a thry cream. You know how to <laughs> be an insect. You know those? <laughs> yeah, the insect. Be the insect. Somebody asked me to do that the other day, and I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> no, um, let's let's go with. Uh... You can feed me, me feed me the lines because I've, I've going to struggle to concentrate on thinking up things to say and doing a voice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh come on. We'll, you can we'll think of something to say, <laughs> Robert. You got any good suggestions for for a creature or a type of per, uh, you know fantasy character? Um, not sure. Let's sort of think. So, what about a griffin? Ooh, oh. a talking griffin. Yeah, a talking griffin. Ooh. Let's right. just go. Let's just go for the physicality of a griffin, and then just like yeah. discuss that, and then we can then and then you can then decide on your voice, James, based on what we talk about. So, mm-hmm. so a griffins. What a griffin? They tend. They, they've got quite big pouncy pouty chests, don't they? They sort of I think stand up quite, yeah. quite royal. Yeah. I, th- I feel quite royal. Ooh, yeah, true. Yeah, got so regal. Wings, so I'm sort of feeling like it would come from the sides of my body, maybe in my back. Ooh. Yep. I have the voice. Right, <laughs> I like it. No, no, no. You're on the right track. Uh, yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, I mean, I also think about how, like, if you want to put this in, into the works, you know how a bird constantly, like, looks out the side of their head and is kind of moving their heads rapidly but jerkily kind of a lot so maybe their speech kind of mm. emulates that so rather than a, a rather smooth flowing voice they uh punctuate you know so it's kind of talking like this you know all the time because they move oh, around don't, right? don't help him jc don't help him come on james the, you got this I, man you I got this beak, i think the beak is um what's wrong with yep. okay give me give me a sentence and i will try and work work with all right that. I got you a sentence right here, um, because I'm gonna. I'm just pulling this from what we're gonna talk about later. Um, the party were all college professors whose colleague had gone missing. The colleague? Oh, oh no! I've messed this up already. But 
the party were all college professors whose colleague had gone missing. Nice. Nice. For those of you not at home, you can't see it, but James is like using his whole body. And that's part of it, right? Because for us, it's just audio. But when you're running your game, like James, you were flapping your shoulders like they were wings. You were twisting your head from side to side. It was epic. Yeah, Yeah, it was cool, man. I could could actually like hear you focusing on like the space between your shoulder blades, like trying Mm. to make the sound come out of like hollow bone structure. Oh, that's, that is what I was attempting to do. So good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Great. Yeah. Well Rob, done, Rob. Now on you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could do one. I could do one. All right. All right. Hold yeah. on. You know what? I realized I have great inspiration right here, and I wasn't using it. I ha- I'm holding up a um, Fantastic Beasts uh, water bottle, mm-hmm. uh, only because I really like the water bottle. The series is, you know, kind of oh, yeah, hit or good. miss. Um, but there's a great giant spider on it what do you think a giant spider might sound like a giant spider well i i from what i remember of spiders their mouths aren't particularly big mm-hmm. are they their mouths are actually quite small but they do have big fangs yes it's kind of like come out of the side of their mouths and they've got like little like little teeth like this so mm. and they're and they've obviously they have eight legs, so they've got a lot of movement going on in their bodies. So their body yeah, probably sh- they probably the body body probably shakes an awful lot um, when they kind of talk because mm. they're moving around quite fast. And um, mm. yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe do they do they? Is it a flies more like um, like this the sicky mouth, isn't it? This the flies, isn't it? A, does a spider yeah, have like do. a a parrot? Well, I suppose it has got a venom in its fangs is it or is it it's saliva yeah yeah and it's fangs it could be venom if it's a venomous spider yeah but i suppose as well because it spits out a web which i know comes out their bums but still Mm. there might be like some kind of like there's fluid building up there's a fluid built yeah there's a fluid there's like silkiness it's like a silkiness to them with their fangs that come out like this hello come to me oh another little fly has caught in my chat (laughs) that's amazing that was it oh fuck yeah that was great that was great (laughs) you gave us everything you didn't just do the voice and like you you explored it as you went but you also gave us like the the injecting sounds and the eating sounds like (laughs) that was amazing I have to not blow my speakers by those things. I'm just looking at the bar here. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the, it's like peaked, 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 peaked. I was like, oh, God. So it might not come out very well. But yeah, hopefully. Oh, that's right. great. That's great. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was a really, really good day we had, wasn't it, on Friday? Really cool. Um, also, we had Jordan and Damien. Big shout out to those guys who did some did a talk each. Um, mm-hmm. I think you guys, did you miss Jordan's? I think you came in on Damien's, didn't oh, you, I- JC? Or did you? Yeah, I, I came in on Damien's. Um, I mm. caught... No, no, I'm sorry. It was there for all of Damien's. I came in on Jordan's. Yeah. I think I had missed one person before him. Um, it was me. But, uh, just introducing... Oh, was it you? Just introducing Whoops. them. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't do a talk. I didn't do a talk. I just basically split Fair the room right. up into groups to discuss what their most epic D&D moments were. Um, right. Yeah, and sure. then uh, they had to decide in the group who it was, and they had to go up on stage and... and uh, effectively tell that story to this to the to the rest of us and then we had to decide yep. who was the best and i believe it was anthony pageant who won and he won a um call of cthulhu starter set Ooh, so, shout, shout out. out yeah shout out to you anthony well done man yeah. 
and then uh, yeah, and then and then Jordan had us um, discussing story and how to kind of build the world around you so that you're effectively projecting a description into the heads of your players. So a lot of like theater of the mind type like like things. Like he was ex- explaining how you know imagine a rock and how a rock might look, um, which is all very detailed and great, and he did a wonderful job of it. And then mm. Damien was talking about uh, campaign creation and how to create campaigns, um, where to where to build from, and how you sort of go on the fly, and how to effectively give players agency, which I think is yeah, one of the most important things. Yeah, one of the most important things about what DMs do, what we do as game masters. So, yeah, it was great. And yeah, then we had that great Q and A sessions at, at the end as well. You guys took part. Which yeah, was cool. Yeah, and we yeah. had yeah we had some obviously at the same time that I was doing my. Um, map thing there was chris's thing that was going on nays yep. yeah. and nays safety tools safety yep. tools yep. dm prep was chris's wasn't it um, that's right yep. and and alex yeah. was doing um memorable npcs memorable NPCs. that's right, that's right. Yeah. and we had a couple of um games going on as well we did time, right? yeah we had yeah, luke yeah. was running cool of cathedral yeah. wasn't he? yep luke pipe uh yeah shout out to luke uh yeah thank you so much luke for uh for joining us in on that that was awesome um yeah, yeah I found him actually on, on you on well, he actually found me on Instagram. In fact, he's uh, he's uh, he's um, he's getting on he's getting on his way to becoming a bit of an influencer in the space. So oh, cool. I was like, so I was like, okay. oh, okay, yeah, he gets like over over three hundred likes on all his posts. So I was like, nice. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, you can come and come join us, join us, plug, plug. one of us, yeah. one of us. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. pretty pretty good all around. So um because of obviously we had that event on Friday, uh, I had a lot of planning last week, so I wasn't able to collect as many tales from the tables mm. from the games as I would have liked. But I know JC you've got some for later, haven't you? And Oh yeah, I'm sitting on yeah. a good one. Oh, I can pull um, okay, I can pull one if, if we Oh, and James, oh, okay. James. All right. Oh, okay, all right. Cool. Uh James, you want to you want to do yours first? You want me to do first? Oh, you you go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this shout out goes to Danny and Ed, who play a basically um, a campaign of my own making every Thursday. It's a private game. These are two wonderful gentlemen and uh, currently based in London. Um, and they are playing a game that I call Misbound, which is just a grand tour de force of several different domains of Ravenloft. Um, I don't have a script or anything, so I'm just kind of wing it from my memory. But basically, in the domains of Ravenloft, and I might have talked a little bit about this at some point, the mists are very lethal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they can be... So the mists are kind of what form these natural barriers around different countries or different domains of dread, they're called. So in Ravenloft. sick. Yeah, and if you walk idea. into them, either they turn you back around and you end up in another domain by mistake, or you are, or it's like breathing poison in a way. But I really lent into it, and um, I wanted to really give them a taste of exactly how dangerous and spooky these mists were. In one particular domain called Darkon, you'll find this in the official lore of at least 5e um, Darkon is plagued by something called the Shroud. And the Shroud is effectively the mists on steroids, right? The, the long and the short of it is the domain has lost its ruler, and the mists that exist on the border of the realm realize that they no longer have a reason to keep this domain in existence because the prisoner, aka the ruler of that domain, wasn't around anymore. So they start to cannibalize the realm from the outside in. And little by little, 
roads and towns and cities are disappearing to the shroud. Every night it moves and there is less and less and less to the country slowly but surely. So my players are trying to, you know, effectively save the domain and stop the shroud from killing everybody in it. Um, but they hadn't had any experience with it. So until I brought them to a little village, it was just a pit stop on the way to their next destination to solve the sort of grander mystery. Just a place for them to rest. I introduced a couple of sympathetic NPCs, including the daughter of the innkeep, a little girl named Allie. They interacted with her a bit. Um, one of the players gave her, you know, did a little sleight of hand trick and gave her a silver coin, which she had never seen before, so she was taken to it. And while they were sleeping, I described that they woke up to the sounds of panic and screaming and then the sudden snuffing of voices. And as they looked out the window of the inn, they saw the wall of mist, like a great tidal wave, slowly rolling into the village. And Shit. Snuffing people out and, and buildings disappearing. And so they, you know, we ran a little bit of a skill challenge. They raced out of the inn. They were gathering their supplies. They're trying to get to their NPC to get the wagons hitched and, and going before the, the wall of fog hit. And just the last thing that they saw before the wall basically stopped right outside the village was the little girl who was shouting for her parents but couldn't find him or find them and the wall of mist surrounded her and so oh that is where we did like a sort of a leave right we we cliff hanged it there cliff hung is that a word <laughs> we, we left a cliff <laughs> um and you know they she disappeared she was swallowed up by the shroud and then I was like, yeah, she's totally obscured. You can't see anything. It's all silent beyond that wall. And then my player said, okay, <clears throat> I know I can't see in there. I'm going to cast the tech thoughts and I'm going to go in. And that's where we killed that session. Hmm. So the next session, this is where it gets good. He wanders into the mess. And immediately I had this whole thing written up. I was like, the world around you disappears. You can't even see your own hand in front. You can hear dim voices but you don't think they belong to anyone that was there that's whispers in the fog creatures that shouldn't be you hear eldritch sounds you know this whole fancy oh, floral description um and he has of course no idea where the girl is but he was smart he has to detect thoughts so he's trying to listen to the thoughts of that person and he ends up through a series of amazing checks because you have to roll a dc20 constitution saving throw at the start of each of your turns where you take one level of exhaustion that's how the mists work right wow. so this is very lethal especially to a low level party and he rolled like i think he rolled a nat 20 right off the bat and he was fine for the first round he ended up finally bumping into the girl as he was sort of following her panicked thoughts and then of course the other player was like well i can't let my friend go in there alone but he had the brilliant idea of tying a rope to himself and and having the uh, the friendly npc with the wagon hold the other end of the rope they went in and they started taking levels of exhaustion but then it was about pulling them all out before the girl died because she was failing her own con saves and they managed just in the nick of time in the last saving throw that they had to make extricate all three of themselves tied up into like a a jumble of rope and three characters and they you know were pulled out by the wagon and the horses out of the wall of the mist and they survived and it was so epic and we were oh, wow. clapping and laughing and shouting and it was amazing and i was like and that's going in the podcast but then <laughs> what it what like a sort of tense epic sort of beginning to a session and then the other half of the session they met jenny <laughs> my very very familiar npc 
hag who sells magic items but with a twist um, and asks for weird prices. And that became the most ridiculous session we've ever had. She starts flirting with them. Oh, hello, dear, aren't you all muscular? <laughs> um, and stuff like that. So oh, it nice. went from this epic sort of badass intro to the session to the weirdest, slightly sexually suggestive, bizarre you know, cool. balls to the wall kind of session we could have had. So it was, it was overall a great time. And they're a good oh, group great. for it. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds awesome. Sounds, sounds very similar to that, uh, short, the, um, uh, Stephen, one of Stephen King's. Oh novels, yeah. Is Novotelli, the, mist. the mist, the mist, the yeah. mist. Yeah. So I've never read the book, but I saw the so, so movie. That's, oh yeah. Oh, what, they, okay. The movie is so-so, but the ending is the most oh, dark, gut-wrenching. It's depressing. Oh it's god, so it's so depressing. harrowing, isn't it? I, so harrowing. I watched oh, the movie. I'm like, eh, it's so-so, and then I, I finally see them escape, and then there's that moment, and you're like, well, it's Stephen King. I knew this was going to end in tragedy, but then there's more to the ending that makes you realize how pointless it all was, and I'm like, no, god, screw this freaking book and this author. <laughs> Oh, why did I think this was yeah. going to have a good ending? <laughs> well, I don't think that's that's not how the book ends. That's just a movie thing that got oh well then the ending. That was something they added. I think Stephen King say it came out afterwards and said, "Ah, oh, God, I wish I'd ended it like that." No, yeah, yeah, I watched it recently because you know we were running this Ravenloft campaign. I was like, I've never seen this. I got to check it out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's good. I I like Stephen King, but I do think he goes a bit too far when when it comes to like it seems to be like this theme of children getting hurt an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like a, of loads of that, and it's just like, okay, what's going on there? That's a bit dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear you. Yeah. I I started on the Black Tower series, which I think um sorry the Dark Tower series, which I think yeah. is his Magnus Opus. Um, I have yet to finish it, but um, I've heard many good things. And I, as far as I know, there's not many kids involved. So, I've got, so far. I've got as far as the, the the book where he, they're banging on about the riddles and they're on the train. That's as far right. as I've got. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing with Stephen King is because I've read his autobiography, and in his autobiography he talks about how he basically the Stand, which was his first big novel that he wrote, mm. was just is the reason it's that it's that big is because he had no idea where the story was going. And he, was, and, he, and he literally had right. He literally had writer's block, and he was just like making up stuff as he went along. And in the Dark Tower series, in that particular bit on the train, I'm like, he's just put this in here for the sake of putting it in here. <laughs> there's like no, there's no reason. There's no. This is absolutely no point to the story whatsoever. It's just, it's just. There's on a train that's obsessed with riddles, and he's just, you know, I was just like, right, great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just didn't seem to go anywhere, and I was like, okay. And they're on a train, for God's sakes. Must be going somewhere. on a train. Yeah, right. The Hobbit and was like, wow, it's a big fantasy epic. These riddles, isn't it? Um, let's, <laughs> let's recreate the Gollum scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Riddles in the exactly. dark. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your story, James? Yes. Yeah, so um, not too long ago, I had a campaign finish. So spoilers for the end of the Spelljammer uh, Light of Zaraxxus um, adventure. So be, be prepared for that. Um, but at the, the the adventure that I ran actually ended up being very, very brutal. So that by just, just with a love like how the dice fell um, in, in combats and stuff, um, 
And it's a group that is is totally fine with that. I'll roll the dice on roll 20 so they can see. And I think I, I killed two characters in one session with Kazmi, oh, um, which are like the demonic um, Mosquito mosquitoes, creatures. basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do I a lot of damage. Yeah. They do a lot of damage. Um, and they were actually like, the counter was very balanced. I hadn't made it like too challenging, I thought. Um, but then these creatures rolled three crits in a row. Um, which Ooh. I think rolled something like eight, yeah. D something, um, killed two off, and then further sessions. One got caught in a trap. One character sacrificed Ooh. themselves to um, kill a like a space shark. Uh, got inside it and blew it up from the inside out and took themselves out with it. <laughs> oh my god, badass! <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, it was dope Smiley because they were, like, <laughs> they were like, I want to, I want to run a new character. I've I've run this for a while now, and I want to. I want to try something new, and I'm in this position. So I think what I'm going to do is just do as much damage as possible and blow myself and this thing up and go out in a in a blaze of glory. So yeah. great. So by the time I got to the end of the campaign, um, there was only one original character left, and uh, the way Sam, the player, played it was that by the time they got to the end, so the the end of the the campaign you basically have to make a choice between who you want to rule this astral elf kingdom. You can either choose, um, is it between a brother and a sister? The brother Zendali or Zorixis or... Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Zendali. Um, What's her name? Zendali, Princess Zendali. Zendali and I can't remember the brother's name, but yes. Um, something that starts with an X. <laughs> yep, everything was X. It's like, this is, yeah. Zorixi, this is the light of Zorixis in the Zorixian space system with Princess Zadali and Prince Zidder and all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, so you get to you get to choose, and then there is the opportunity to. Um, so the adventure starts where the elves have seeded the the character's planet, so they've fired lots of these crystalline seeds, and essentially they're cannibalizing the planet, going to drain yeah. it of its, all its energy to keep their sun running because their sun should have extinguished long ago. And so what they do now is they go and they destroy planets and take the energy from the core um, to keep their sun alive. Um, so nice. the choice at the end is basically, well, you can you can sacrifice your world to keep the sun alive because there's three planets surrounding this, yeah. like, their, their space. The whole solar system. There's right. a whole solar system that will be, like, two of the planets will be obliterated immediately if you destroy it. Um, and then the third one, it will be plunged into, like, eternal darkness because there won't be mm. a light they'll have to all evacuate um so obviously the players were like well we're gonna save our planet uh these guys can't keep doing this in infinitely like in the long run the math makes sense um but the way you have to do this is there's the ring that the brother and the sister have has to be plunged into the heart of the star uh, and there is a beam that goes from the temple that the adventure ends in where there's like a final confrontation where one player wearing the ring can step into the beam and be shot into the heart of the the sun to sacrifice himself. Like Thor style from uh, yeah from Infinity oh, yeah. War, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, <clears throat> Sam playing this bugbear barbarian called Zog um, was like, Zog, all my friends have died, so I really love you guys. Oh, but, but I've lost everything already. So, oh, he, took, he, did, he took the ring and was like, 
Uh, and then he gave like this really lovely speech that I can't, I'm not gonna be able to recreate um, about how he was going to see his friends, and then stepped into stepped into the light. Oh <laughs> man! Disappeared, and oh. uh, it was like described his final thoughts uh, of the friends that he had lost as as he plunged headfirst into the heart of this star. And oh. then the other players were just stood in this temple in the distance. You just saw the star explode, uh, wiping out these two planets <laughs> that are close by. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow, like, what an ending. Yeah. So as a campaign ending, it was really cool. <laughs> uh, and satisfying and emotional. What a but, sacrifice. Yeah. Oh wow. I hats off awesome. to Zog the Bugbear Barbarian. Yeah, right. Gosh. Crikey. What a cool story. Yeah, I, I I mean Mass Effect vibes all over it. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. Um, or or Halo with the beam like sort of going to the center of the mass yep. and something yeah. having a sacrifice. Um, what a badass story. I was gonna say, um, oh, not to not to be all sciencey about this, but I just wanted to insert this cool factoid that I learned off of one of those casual science TikTok videos. You know that if our sun in our solar system uh, were to suddenly vanish or implode, we wouldn't even know it for eight minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, it takes eight minutes for light to get here. Light to reach. And then somebody counter-argued, well, you'd know faster than that because the the gravity of the sun that's keeping us in our orbit would instantly cease and we'd be spun off into space, right, without anything to root us into the solar system. So we'd know sooner than that because we suddenly don't have gravity. And the counter to that was actually no, because gravity has a finite speed as well, which is it doesn't come quite close to the speed of light. Because the speed of light is just the speed limit of space, because mm-hmm. photons, photons of light are massless. So that's why light travels as fast as it does, because it doesn't have any mass. So that's effectively the, the barrier or the speed limit of, of space. And even gravity is not that fast. So we wouldn't stop feeling the gravitational pull of the sun until at least the time that the light reaches us, or the lack of light reaches us. Damn. So, I don't know. Well, I thought that was cool. So it could have happened right now, and I'll have to wait eight minutes to find out. In eight minutes, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, what man. a cool ending, though. What a story. Yeah, really cool. I like, I like the bit about the shark. Um, so do you think you could do a one-shot that's basically Jaws in the Spelljammer universe? Oh, just yeah. Kinda like, oh, yeah. yeah. One Hell, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a creature mm-hmm. called a, a scaver. I think that's the the shark yeah. right creature. It's like different. The black scaver was the black big one. Scaver. Yeah. yeah, cool. Vicious. That'd be sick. <laughs> what, what what could it be up to? Could it be like eating eating like um, space stations or something? And Ooh, tell you what, if you want to do astral, you could do an astral dreadnought doing this doing that. But then it's a little mm. less jaws and more. Because if, if you're going yeah. to do it, you'd have to do you'd have to do it exactly how the film is like, like structured. So like you know they they don't like the fact that there's a shark because it's destroying all the tourism in the in in mm. uh, in the town mm. that they're in. What's the town called again? Anyone remember it? Uh, oh. Amityville, right? Amityville, yeah. yes. Amityville. Amityville. Yeah. It's it's. I think it's supposed to be based on Long Island, where I'm from. So I, I should oh, really? know this more. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> And then you've got the the guy wearing the suit that's got the got the um, anchors on it. Yeah, wow, so he's, yeah. He's, like the t- he's the town mayor, isn't he? Is he a town mayor yep. or something? And he's like, no. This hey, is the Fourth of July. This is when yeah, exactly. the, the beaches are full. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you'd have to do that. All of that. Have try and have all of that in it, and then and then that crazy dude who's like a shark catcher. He's like, I've catch sharks. 
I've been out at sea longer than you've had babies. And I've kind of suck. It's as big as your house. <laughs> like that, that, that guy. Hey, when, they, when they bite into you, their eyes roll back and you see them wide eyes. Those balls eyes. God. So, so bad. Guys. And then it gets eaten that exact same way. Spoilers <laughs> for the, a movie from the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. seen it. What? Yeah. Oh. I know. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. So, uh, what news we got, James? Uh, we, there's not a great deal, but I do have a oh. couple of um, little things. So, as we all know, and are excited about, probably, um, if you've got a good enough PC, you can from the 3rd, which is Wednesday or Thursday this week, mm. uh, Thursday this week, um, Thursday play this Baldur's week. Gate, plays Baldur's Gate 3, fully <laughs> released. <gasps> so, and if you get early access, you can play it. You can play it from Wednesday because you get. Oh, actually, you might even be able to play it from Tuesday with seventy. I can't remember if it's seventy-two hours or forty-eight hours early access to the, to the mm. game. Tell <laughs> me, it could it could be today, and I don't know. It could be today. What are you doing recording this podcast? Leave. Yeah. Is Goodbye. it on? Is no, it on Steam? A, is it? Is it on it's Steam? on Steam. Yeah. But now you have the PS5 store. Um, no, I have another I'm like, wait for me. Um, yep. Wait, hey, on. listen, I'm like, <laughs> I can't play on Thursday. That's when our show starts here in Edinburgh. I can't. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll just skip it. Maybe I'll skip the whole reason I came up here and, do, and just sit in the Airbnb and play Baldur's Gate yeah, right. instead. JC, you're on. You're on. You're on now. Just one, oh, one moment. Oh, I'm just... <laughs> oh, hold on. Right. Nearly got the right angle of my Dragonborn's horns correct. All right. Just, yeah. just, just hang on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 16 hours how are you still on character creation there's just so many options <laughs> brilliant um, oh, that's so funny yeah so it would appear they've yeah they have successfully hit the launch date that they bought forward so they've not ended up delaying it again which is good amazing good stuff um, probably avoid Starfield that's coming out in September yep. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna play the shit out of that. Yeah. All right. Nice. I'm not because uh, I don't have an Xbox, but <laughs> I'll have oh, yeah. Baldur's Gate that month on the PlayStation, so it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. There you go. I'll be awesome name between the two. Yeah. Mm. I can finally, oh, I can play with. Oh, I can, we can play together. We can. We can, we can, we can there you something uh, out. You're, you're close, yeah, right? Ish. Yeah. Ish. Cool. Yeah. We can, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you play online. We don't even need to physically. Oh, there you go. See, we can play, play with Sweet. you. Finding the time of day to do it will be the tricky bit. But yeah, of course, right with the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Work from home. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> if I need to, yeah. if you guys need to be up from like two a.m. to five a.m. to play with me, I expect that. All right, minimum. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Quite often I am up at that time. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the release date on the third of August for the UK is four PM. It will go live. So unless you've paid early access, if you buy it on the day or get an online version a little bit too 4 late, four PM on the third. Right, writing that down. Four PM on the third. Mm, go Third of August. Third of so August. Clear find, your schedule for the next three weeks. Find see. something for Charlotte to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's like really, Watch. there's this really cool yoga class going on that's being hosted by this like award-winning dude up in um, Manu. Where did she go? <laughs> Starts at four p.m. on the third of August. There you go. <laughs> I've got it your lasts, ticket. Uh, I've got your ticket to this thing. It's it's, it's actually a retreat. <laughs> it lasts about a week. Uh, have yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, oh, the dream. 
Uh, I don't know if we have any US listeners, but because uh, JCCI will maybe throw out the US time. So it's 8 a.m. Yeah. in Los Angeles and 11 a.m. New York times. Um, oh, I, don't have a, I don't have a time in between then. And I realize that there are multiple time time zones in the US, but those are the two that have been given. Yep. Um, so there we go. Those are the important ones. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm so sorry to all of our weird middle <laughs> middle America listeners, our Rocky Mountain America, listeners. Yeah. They're like, just, hey, yeah. <laughs> what I say? Just my brother. Uh, it's one a.m. Sydney, <laughs> Sydney time. There you go. <laughs> one a.m. on the fourth of August. Uh, it's released there. Tw- midnight Tokyo on the fourth. Uh, oh, one. It's the very start of the day. The first minute of the day. Uh, at 3 a.m. in New Zealand. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's game... actually released at the same time everywhere. Right, just across. Yeah. Just yeah. different time zones. Yeah. Right. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like how I figured uh... that out? <laughs> when, he said 11, when he said 11 and 8, I was like, yeah. Clever so stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so clever. Work out time zones. Just the <laughs> Okay. Cool. So there is no preload of the game however ah. um, because of how long it was in early access you can't right. log on um so they'd have to create this very complicated workaround by the sounds of it to not have mm. just immediately access it if you could preload it too early so there might be a preload but i think it will be close to the time if there is but really you're only going to get to start playing it first if your computer is fast enough and if your internet yeah. Wi-Fi is good enough, right? yeah that's like for most cool new games, you need to have a good PC if you're playing it on PC, and it'll work a yeah. lot better and be much more fun. And take two days to unload to, to to download even. Yeah, for oh, here and for our PCs. <laughs> just every time, every time um, I'm playing a game and it needs an update for me to start playing it, I'm like, great. Well, I was I had I had half an hour to an hour to play this, and now I'm yeah. gonna have five to ten five minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. Exactly. I guess I guess so annoyed. I do this because I've got like this like whole setup with Microsoft products. I've got like my my yokes thing here. That I've got to like attached to the table and you like 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 sort of like pull it in and stuff. I'll show you guys in a second. <laughs> I love. Oh jeez, that's what that as is. A, as a kid, I've been seeing that in the corner. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. That's so that's intense. Patches uh, here. I fly. So I fly my planes with that. That's great. Your size. I got rudder pedals mm. down here as well. Oh my god! So, he went all out so, for that simulator. Huh? It's that's, so cool. That's I've very got cool. The, um, I've got the Toby eye tracker here, so whenever I wherever I look, the screen moves like this. Oh yeah, it's so those. cool. So because I did have the VR one, but the VR I didn't. I didn't get on with the VR. It's a bit mm. too like made, made me feel a bit sick after a while. So when, when I'm doing that's this, it's like so much more easy to play. And right. so I literally once I set everything up and I'm ready to play, I'm like, yeah, great. I load it up and it's like, oh, we've got to install an update. It's going to take six gigs, and you're like. Great. That's literally yeah. the entire that's, day. That's my playtime <laughs> gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love so I, I obviously I don't have a PC, so I can't play Flight Simulator or an Xbox, so I can't play it on there either. Um but on the VR, what I did want to get a flight stick for was the um Star Wars Squadrons. Oh yeah. VR. Mm. Crazy good. Yeah, it looks like, so, so cool in VR. So immersive, just sitting in the cockpits of all the different Star Wars. Yeah, shit. nice awesome like oh, i like made me feel like a tiny little child again going to yep. the Phantom oh. Menace and, and actually enjoying it at the time because i was a child <laughs> oh it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good i hate the story though in that i think the story is just oh was it rubbish so naff 
Oh, and Squadrons, yeah. And Squadrons is so nuts. They really, because the, the original ones, the original, the original X-Wing, the original TIE Fighter, that were on like the Amigas and like the early PCs, their story was brilliant. This is just like crap. It's, it's yeah. amazing how much lately, especially with remakes and whatnot, even movies for that matter, there's so much quality is sacrificed. Yeah. So much quality content in its, or quality of content and all in the name of, oh, we're just going to throw in uh, hopefully a very nice new skin on it and people will play it like, come on. Like, it's not the only reason. Mm. Like, to keep us engaged in what we're doing, not just... Oh, anyway. Well, I, I think it. if the last couple of weeks have shown us anything, it's that new properties are going to... Uh, are, like, coming. Uh, Barbie, yeah. I saw last night, actually. Yeah. Are we good? My brother amazing. said it was amazing. My brother really? says oh, like, like Ken, Ken's yeah. Ken's journey is apparently excellent and really funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very funny, and mm. yeah, it has a, a good, it has a great message, and yeah, it really it's does. Like, it's far more meta than I really thought mm. it would ever. Uh, be. Yeah, and Mattel is poking fun at itself constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it yet, but um, I mean, do Barbenheimer. Do the do the double feature and <laughs> get overloaded by good content for a weekend. That'd be cool. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I need cool. to see. I need to see Oppenheimer. I think I'd I probably, if I was going to do a double bill, that's probably a bit of a downer. Oppenheimer, so you'd probably want to finish on Barbie, which is quite yeah. Up yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, poor, poor little Mission Impossible is there, just being like, "Hey guys, do you want to come and watch me, guys? Please." Is there actually Mission me. Impossible film that I had no idea? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tom Cruise is livid. Yeah. I did all my is. own stunts again. Yeah. yeah. For the fiftieth time. I put my life on the line, and no one's come to see it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Broke that his spine eight times. Yeah. <laughs> He's more a machine than man now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, right yes. Cool. So other other oh the other only other bit of news I had is that. There was a uh, an indie RPG released last year called Fabula Ultima, which is a JRPG inspired game that is currently making waves at um, the Ennies. It's been nominated for a 2023 Ennie Award for Best Game of the Year and Product of Whoa. the Year. Um, so it is a tabletop RPG that is sort of based around classic JRPG style video games. So your Final Fantasies. Um, Oh, and I've now forgotten Fire the name Emblems. of it. The other one, Fire Emblem, yeah. that is the one I was talking about. Mm. Yeah, three. that's a good one. I've played Three Houses recently, and it's, oh, I love it. Um, the Tales yes. series, right? Um, yeah. Whatever they're Valkyria called. Chronicles, stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Things like that. So, yes, um, it is, uh, the art style for it is exactly what you'd expect to see on the posters for like those games. Um, yeah. it looks really good apparently it's got a it's apparently it's quite a crunchy game with a lot of depth so the the amount of classes <laughs> you can be is apparently that's cool nuts uh and it's got all the sort of like weird weird named ones that you can like tinkerer wayfarer arcanist elementalist sharpshooters so it looks like there'll be firearms it looks nice. sort of, yeah I, it does have that sort of final fantasy blend of like firearms pirates and fantasy and mm. yeah a bit of cool. everything in to, to work with it. So it is, um, yeah, what is it? What um, system do you use? But not by, oh, Apocalypse. Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, oh, by the Apocalypse system. Yeah. Apparently. Nice. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. It's more crunchy than Powered by the Apocalypse, but it. Oh, yeah, that's, gotcha. that's what it's being compared to. 
uh, cool. here in my place. So yeah, yeah great. Oh, it, uh, it it looks it sounds fun. It looks it looks very pretty. Yeah. Um, so there's like a, a a whole system for bonds and sort of doing interpersonal relationships, which is um, nice. which is pretty cool. I just I had a idea on on how to run um, it like encounters based around like, what's it non-combat encounters like speech encounters charisma checks and stuff like that rather than needing needing a role i was thinking about trying in some game uh in, a, in one of the games i'm running in the future to try doing maybe a mechanic based around hitting keywords so say you need to persuade mm. this guard to oh. let you do this thing there are some keywords and you could be a bit flexible with them obviously so synonyms sure. etc um yeah. but these are the sort of points that you, if you hit these you're likely to succeed so you you that's might not great. know it but the guard's got that's a, uh, a daughter a daughter that um that reminds him of something or uh he is disgruntled at something and if you can hit yeah. on that point then Okay, you'll succeed the hmm. check. You don't need to. Also, well, very cool idea. Yeah. Quick, man. quick disclaimer: that was James Burrow's um, idea there that he's just put forward <laughs> into a podcast. It's now in it's now in the public domain. So if anyone ever copies it and puts it into an RPG, James is going to sue their asses. <laughs> Goddamn right, I am. A lot of money. <laughs> Hopefully, tell you what: if someone can do it and make a lot of money from it, and then I can sue them, that I'm okay with that too. There you go. You all the work is all the work. You just bypass yeah, right. it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try working on that. So I'm hopefully uh, running a dread uh, game soon. So I might try and work. Oh in, yeah, cool. Uh, to, yeah. That. Uh, you figured out how to do, you figured out how to do it online? Uh, yes, I think I'm I'm gonna um, ask the players to get their own Jenga set. I imagine most players will have their own. Is already. it? Is are you sure it's not on table on Tabletopia or anything like it that? It is. So um, I've seen people say that they've got online jenga towers that you can use and there's a number of different ways to do that but right. apparently the physics on them are all very janky and sure game, like i can't i can't imagine yeah. you trying to play jenga yeah. on something like tabletop simulator with how weird the physics <laughs> are in that yeah. we can flip the table at any point right <laughs> yeah so what i can, what, what I can imagine point. happening is that it's very easy to not a tower over in like on the tabletop simulator that's from my experience that's how it's worked you pull it's very easy to like you don't get that like tangible feel of all oh, that one's a bit stuck um you just mm. pull and then, then the entire mm. thing falls over and in a game where the tower falls over your character's dead that's it it's jesus Christ. um <laughs> that would mm. probably end to like lead to some premature deaths um and not a fun time for anyone so we were talking yeah. about uh, heart palpitations earlier. That that's what would give me that anxiety inducing yeah, right. heart palpitation. Like, oh, you mean the character that I've spent twenty hours building and perfecting, and if I'm a little twitchy with my pinky, the whole thing dies. No, God, no. Yeah. Christ, yeah. Well, good the only, the only good I think the good thing about the character creation is that it is a questionnaire that I get to design to ask them, and oh, you get cool. to ask you get to ask leading questions as well. So it really helps them like get into. They, it helps them build the character. It doesn't. It's not as much freedom, maybe, as like writing a D and D backstory, because I can ask leading questions like, "Okay, so what is the reason um, that you are scared of jellyfish?" And then you've mm. got to create an answer for that. Mm. Presumably, that's because when I plan the adventure, there's a reason that you will have to be scared of jellyfish, and jellyfish will probably be in this in some capacity. Well, when so, I was six and I was peeing in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> my brother got stung and I had to pee on it. It's a horrible memory that I can't I can't escape from. No, yeah. So I've ordered I ordered I, I think I, I said at the thing on Friday, I ordered the Jenga uh, Jenga Tower um off Amazon and I thought I got a fantastic deal on it. Like oh, yeah? great. I only How paid two, two two pound eighteen. What? Uh, that's like, really oh, good. It uh, that's what I thought. And then what arrived yeah. was this. <laughs> now I realize people on the so, podcast can't see this, but yeah. it is about it's like it's a little bit bigger size. than a bill. Right? Yeah. Six inch, six inch, six inches. Maybe about the shorter. size of my my hand. And it is a full Jenga tower, but it's made of tiny minuscule tiny, tiny bricks. <laughs> it's a baby Jenga tower. That's great it's, though. That's like a oh. baby version of it, right? So your players could have Extra, like just give them a pair of tweezers, and mm. everyone just pulls out the blocks. That I've I've tried building this as well to see how difficult it would be to see if I could get away with using it. Nightmare. My <laughs> huge sausage fingers are mm. makes it very hard, and I don't have that bigger hands either. Uh, <laughs> and they're all it's all very light. I think like a strong breeze would knock the bloody thing over. <laughs> <laughs> you have the window open. Oh yeah. no, TPK! <laughs> <laughs> really sorry to have done this to you guys, but you've you've all died because because uh, because someone spoke in the next room and the vibrations have knocked it over. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, that actually funny. sounds like the kind of game I would love. Like the sheer chaos. Come in with fifteen different characters and see what shenanigans would knock over the Jenga uh, That would be so. Funny. Actually, there was a game that someone mentioned on Friday that I'm now super invested in trying. I think the oh, yeah? 10, 10 candles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Let's, let's check that out. I want to check that out. That looks we so we were running cool. for context. We were running a panel at the end of our event on Friday, the GM Academy of Roll Dark at Oxford. And one of the questions in the audience, which was probably the best question that what we definitely spent the most time answering was what other TT RPG systems did you recommend apart from D&D? And we literally, like the whole panel clapped. Every GM in that room <laughs> clapped because we were like, yes, well done. You're finding your way to other products. And then everyone spoke at least three or four times about what, what other games to play. Yeah. So yeah, Candles in the Dark sounds really good. Yeah. So I, I like the idea you, get, you uh, get to burn uh, stuff in the game and the pyromaniac in me super invested in that Sounds... oh, so you you go through stuff and you burn character traits as you get weak or you use that trait to do something and you you just then have to burn it and it seems very yeah. like visceral you're playing in this dark room and there's 10 candles and once they're all out the game's over oh it really appeals i think it's like an october horror thing that i'm gonna have to try yeah to definitely 10 you candles guys... a candlelit role-playing game of tragic horror like I'm, I'm already sold i don't want to know anything else i just want to pay you money Give me, yeah. give me, <laughs> shut up and take my cash. Yeah, exactly. I've got the, uh, I've got the website up here, guys. One of you want to read, read out the description? I've got the, the info here. Yes. Okay. So, uh, uh, I, I can, I can take a step. I think I have go it. Go on. Go for okay. it. Me to it. Uh, what is Ten Candles? Ten Candles is a zero prep tabletop storytelling game designed for one shot, two to four hour sessions of tragic horror. It is best played with one GM and three to five players by the light of ten tea light candles, which provide atmosphere as a countdown timer for the game and allow you to literally burn your character sheet away as you play. Ten Candles is described as a tragic horror game rather than survival horror for one main reason. In Ten Candles, there are no survivors. 
In nice. the final scene of the game, when only one candle remains, all of the characters will die. In this, Ten Candles is not a game about winning or beating the monsters. Instead, it is a game about what happens in the dark and about those who try to survive within it. It is a game about being pushed to the brink of madness and despair, searching for hope in a hopeless world, and trying to do something meaningful with your final few hours left. Crikey. Oh. I think someone mentioned there was there's like a mechanic where you um, sort of record like a voice note for your character's last moments, like as in like in the event of my death, and then you you do like a little speech for your character, and then when your character dies, you get to play that to the table. So you go away, make a little voice note on your phone, and that oh, I can imagine that being such an awesome emotional moment when like you've had this in, like adventure and these experiences with the characters then. This is what their final, like in their final moments, this is what they wanted to pass on uh, oh, to yeah. the other people. So, so cool. Wow. It's a very cool Whoever idea. thought of this is a genius. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty clever guys. Yeah. We, should get, we should get them on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Objectives. But we need to oh. play it first. So. Yeah, we do need to <laughs> play it true, first. Yeah. yeah, we should probably play it first before we. Uh... <laughs> like, hey, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Um, we don't know. We've not uh, played your uh, game. Yeah, we've really yeah, played the your game. We've played it. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> like every talk oh, show cool. host that has never seen the movie that they want their actor to talk about, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. Exactly. So I think before we go, I think it's only fair that um, that James, you give JC a monster to uh, come. Oh, up. you! <laughs> I think that is. I think that it's is only fair. fair. Uh, oh, you're gonna make pick, it random. Here pick we go. the most, the toughest one you can find. Monster manual, come on! Oh wow, classic! Look at that. Hit me with it. <laughs> That's no too pressure, easy. right? Oh, I see. That would be. I gave him oh. a talk about this. Now he's going to pick something with no mouth. I was going to say. Exactly. <laughs> or, or worse, too many mouths, like a gibbering mouth. Can, can you do an Umber Hulk? So it's, you've got your big frame, Ooh. you've got the giant pincers coming out the side of the face, uh, and then yeah, like the nice. little mandibles. Um, lives, lives underground. Yep. So I'm trying to think what other things I can. Big hold, bug the, eyes. Hold, hold the picture up, James. Let's have a little look of it. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, that you know big, the one, like, right? Buggy yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So these, I love the lore on these guys. They're underground tunnelers, and mm. they're they they have tremor sense, so they're very good at hiding behind cavern walls and bursting out when something is walking next to it. So they like grab you and drag you back into the wall into the oh, sand. God. Yeah. Yeah. They can so. Borrow. Yeah. Anything else? Any any other? Um, guidance that no. you want to give? Oh, I mean, it it seems to probably devour like bits of rocks. So that's probably going to be quite a mm. gravelly, mm. gravelly so voice. Strong um, jaws, I imagine. Then oh, big big old strong jaws. Um, it is quite it's it's quite hunched actually. It is quite yep. hunched uh, in the image. Yep. It's, yeah, it's got a squeeze through tight spaces as well. Um. Yeah, chitinous, hard outer shell. Mm. Um, that probably is a bit echoey. I realise that's quite difficult to achieve without a bit of. Um, so I've I've seen some people do that. You know, it's yeah. kind of crazy what like ventriloquists can do. Oh wow! Um, Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right, I'll take a stab at it. Um, we're we're, we're going to assume this is not just monster noises, but it's like actually trying to say something, right? It's yeah. Communicating in some way. So, How about, yeah. This is your last day on Earth, mortals. Okay. Hasn't you can go it. with that. <laughs> cool. Last day on Earth, mortals. Uh, I can, I, that's a good starting place. Um, there's actually even a cooler image where acid is dripping out of its mandible, so imagine all that. Take a oh no, I ran out of water. It's gonna take a swing of liquid and let it fly. Um, okay, so insectoids, uh, yeah, with a bit of reverberation. Okay, so I imagine it would be something like this just on the fly, no prep. Um, this is your last day on earth, mortals. <laughs> That's lovely, like that. Great, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty pretty awesome. I was I was I was basically just trying to look at the image and just like mm. yeah, there we go, there it is. Mm. <laughs> I, I feel like there's well. a lot of like moving parts to it, right? So a lot of like <laughs> like a lot of stuttering sort of high pitched shrieks, but also some bass to it because it's so large. So it's <laughs> yeah, like right. That. Yeah, nice, cool. All right. Well, on that, this is on what that we do for for a living, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool, right? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm gonna go away. I'll be in the car dri- driving home in the car tonight, being like, "Oh, what other voices can I do?" Right. I was I was really hoping you were like, "Oh, chuck something small and like nasally at me." I've been doing quite a lot of those voices already recently. So nice. I'd have been a nice softball. Give Best you a fine. little uh, gnome ceramorph, right? Or a, or a gnome squidling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fun. Nice cool. one. Okay, well, thanks for joining us in the podcast again, everyone that's been listening, and uh, we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Goodbye from me. Bye.